Hello and welcome back to Unplayable, your favorite show about our favorite games. I'm D-House here with Mike, Jim, and Jay for your weekly installment of Nonsense. How we doing, guys? Mike, what's up? I'm great. Uh, not much is up. It's very hot. <laughs> uh, I'm a little sweaty in my office here. It's 100 and, well, it's probably less than 106 out right now, but it was 106 early today and I hate it. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Jim? Um, I'm doing pretty well on all things not game related. Uh, game related, Jay <laughs> has my number in everything we've played. Uh, and he's not paying me to say this. I'm trash and can't sell shoes. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue, Jay. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, doing pretty good. Uh, been a really busy couple weeks. Went to Atlanta, then went to Disney, and then tomorrow I'm going back to Atlanta for a work trip. So, uh, just lots of traveling in my last and future <laughs> couple of few weeks here, unfortunately. But um, I know. yeah, playing lots of Lorcana, and that's about it. Yeah, we are, what, like three-ish weeks from Gen Con, which is crazy. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. I should probably start practicing for Keyforge Nationals at some point. Um, <laughs> uh, but speaking of which, uh, we'll jump right into our week in gaming. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, but I played uh, a little bit of Keyforge, jamming some Winds of Exchange. There was the Vault Tour last weekend um, in Philadelphia. So watched a ton of coverage of that, which was awesome to see, like, high-quality stream from Tabletop Royale, uh, some good content from Help from Future Self, and Zach Armstrong's new Keyforge Public Radio. Just tons of content to absorb and watch crazy Keyforge things, like whirlpooling with the Cleric deck and capturing a million amber and send it to the other side just weird things that you can only find in keyforge that made me really uh excited um so i i hopped on the crucible and played some keyforge practicing uh with a deck that i think is uh because the the sass was updated today on decks of keyforge so it's a little underrated on the sass i think um but when i'm playing games again in the competitive queue it's doing very well so i'm thinking about bringing in something that I think a lot of people would say is probably not good and just seeing what I can do with it in, uh, at Gen Con, uh, which is super fun. But other than that, I've been playing a ton of Lorcana on Pixelborn, like way too much Lorcana, um, just so much Tinker Boom and uh, Purple Steel stuff. So I've forced myself to start playing some Blue Yellow just so I didn't keep playing Purple and Steel. Like I had, I forced myself to stop because it was obnoxious. Um, and just having a ton of fun with that right now. But nice. um, yeah. What about you guys? Any any other games this week? You guys been jamming? I played a good amount of uh, Lorcana with Jay this week. It was a lot of fun playing with some of the new cards that I haven't gotten a chance to try yet. Tried Tinkerbell. Insane. Um, it's Tinker Dragon Boom, Swords, Insane. Tinker Boom. That's <laughs> uh, it, weird. I don't see that on the card. Um, <laughs> Mike, uh, be cool uh, for one time, okay? Uh, Just because you were on Glee doesn't mean you can be mean <laughs> to all of us, okay? Uh, other than that, I, I haven't really played too many other other games, but um, this is not related to me, but I just find this uh, such a funny story. Um, I was FaceTimed earlier today uh, with my, my mom and my brother FaceTimed me, and, like, I you know, click, click answer. And then my brother's like, yo, watch this. And my mom had shared her screen and she was playing Slay the Spire because she's obsessed with it. And yes. I don't know if, it, if you if you guys have played the game, it's so fun. Um, and they're like walking me through like an infinite combo that she like put together. And I was like, <laughs> this is amazing. Like gaming is for everybody. That's awesome. <laughs> like if, if my mom can find an infinite combo in Slay the Spire, I feel like, you know, <laughs> a a anything's possible. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Game. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I had a notification on my chess app uh, show up on my phone, and so I've been accidentally in a tournament um, this past week. Playing using chess? most of my games. Yeah, you know, I'm like one in nine, but... I didn't know you were a chess, chess guy. <laughs> Not very good. I'm one in nine this week, but we won one. <laughs> Better than I would do. I'm terrible at chess. Good. All right, Tiny Grimes. Uh, Jay, yeah. what you up to? <laughs> um, yeah, tons of Lorcana in my life right now and then uh like like mike said and you'll get to see a bunch of videos we've got videos coming out as we're recording this and videos coming out when this drops and after so uh look out for that and then um i did play one game of commander with my mordor deck uh and that was really fun 
the Lord of the Rings stuff is cool. Nice. Yeah. I did play awesome. one with uh, Food and Fellowship as well, so that's really sweet. Nice. That's about it. Dust Till Got Dawn right. came out this week, right? Or was that the week before? Came out today or yes? Oh, really? Technically, okay, got it. Yeah, I got my I got my my uh, Team Covenant subscription boxes because I forgot to cancel before they shipped it. (laughs) Uh, But I'm not I'm not that sad about it because it seems like a good. That's very quintessential me. Uh, (laughs) It's like your Michael custom deck all over again, man. Yep, hundred (laughs) percent. Uh, but it seems like it seems like there's a lot of value in the set, like lots of lots of marvels, lots of cool cool spicy stuff uh i don't know how much i'll actually play but i'll definitely open at least a box and see see what kind of cool things i can open probably nothing because yeah. i'm terrible at opening packs of cards uh, it's yeah, I, unless it's like opening uprising it's like it's never gonna be able to meet that uprising was the best set to mm. open it was so <laughs> good um and unfortunately i've dropped flesh and blood like a bad habit so i know nothing about <laughs> the latest i mean i know a little bit but not i'm not keeping up with it like i was fair it's good all right uh well we're gonna jump right into it um today's episode might not be as long because we actually you know thought ahead this week and uh there were so many Lorcana spoilers this week i think like 24 or 25 we made a separate youtube video so if you're <laughs> on youtube and you're watching this, um, you can pop on over to our Lorcana video, uh, depending if Mike has posted it. I think he has at this point. Yeah, but, this will be up by the time this goes up. Uh, so you can check that out. I'm sure there's been like 17 more spoilers since uh, we, we recorded it. But uh, we just knew it was going to be way too long to do that and another podcast. So this one will be a little bit more focused on Star Wars Unlimited. So uh, for all of our uh, OG Destiny players and Unlimited people. Hang on. Yes, Mike. Yes. Why is your tongue blue, Jay? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> airhead. <laughs> blue airhead. I couldn't no, let no, it go. No. I, was, I was too curious. It's, oh, it's like incredible. You, you have to play like in the background. Um, I've heard Thrawn is coming back, and then it's just like my blue oh, tongue. My oh my gosh. Thumbnail as heir of the empire. Spoilers, uh, which yeah, oh my gosh, we, we could do a whole podcast on that Ahsoka spo- trailer video, but um, we, I, that we I won't do that. Watched. I'm very very excited. Yeah, Mike watched a uh, trailer video, guys. Mike never watches trailer videos, but we, I don't. We court course. You shouldn't have. It showed the whole the whole story of the whole season. You don't know yeah, that. I, I'm gonna hate it because of it. You don't know that. <laughs> um, I did watch Bad Batch today, and the plot. Like towards the end of season two is like it's so I'm good. Yeah. I'm hooked. It's it's the, good. the the end of season two of that show is like it's just good. It's such good story writing and it gets pretty intense. Yeah. So yeah. So speaking of Star Wars, guys, uh we've got some spoilers from old Swoo. Swoo <laughs> Galaxy Shuffle itself, guys. Here we go. Yeah. Let's get we've into got it. Director Krennic, uh, the leader himself, guys. Uh, I love this is my favorite art reveal they've done so far um, because it had the whole card. Actually, it was awesome. No, are I, you being serious? I'm no, I was <laughs> <laughs> no, my sorry. It, so, <laughs> it, I was, I was a very public in the Discord about like, I just, I would love an art reveal with the whole card. Like, I just want the whole card so I can appreciate the art and the card. And I made, I said that several times. And then the next time they did something, it was the, this, it was Krennic. So I was like, great art reveal is good. It's, <laughs> it's sarcastic, um, Jay. So thanks for making me explain that. Krennic Much is a leader. Now. It's a blue villain leader. Uh, he's an Imperial <laughs> and an official, um, has an ability. Each friendly damaged unit gets plus one, plus zero uh epic action if you control five more resources deploy this leader um so he deploys at five resources and um on his unit side uh he's a two seven with restore two which i think is pretty interesting on a on a leader unit with that much health uh and as a reminder restore when this unit attacks heal two damage from your base for restore two um and then the the same ability each friendly damage unit gets plus one plus Zero. What do y'all think? I kind of like this card. Uh, it seems cool. 
giving having just like an active passive as a leader is pretty sweet like you get value out of it without having to spend any resources or even have them on the field yeah seems kind of cool and i really like the idea of that it rewards playing the like higher health vanilla cards to like make value trades and now they are even stronger when they survive uh fights like that i i think that's cool uh, and he comes out pretty early. Five is pretty early, I think, mm-hmm. compared to like some of the other leaders we've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's cool. I think like, um, because of the passive ability, you know, each friendly damage unit gains plus one, plus zero, makes you think about basically every card in the game moving forward and whether or not it can like synergize with this. Like, if there's cards that you know deal damage to your own units and that for some kind of benefit, or, um. Yeah, like Jay said, just ha- have a lot of health or have, um, you know, the ability to um, maybe, maybe attack right away. I think we, we've seen an ambush card um, in the set of spoilers that we're about to talk about. Um, so something like that where you can kind of guarantee it gets damaged and then you get value out of it um, mm-hmm. throughout the game. Really cool. Also, Restore 2 seems pretty pretty strong with something with 7 health, like David said. It's, um, mm-hmm. you know, like that that can help you come back from like a really aggressive deck that's just beating you down. And now you get to make some trades and uh, start healing your base back up so that you can stabilize. So yeah, uh, I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when I saw this two, I thought of two things. One, we've seen the grit keyword keyword where they get plus one on attack yeah. just for, for every damage on them. Uh, so immediately I was thinking, wow, do, you know, could we could we make some like really insane grit deck where they're kind of doubling up on their mm-hmm. well, not double up necessarily, double up on one, but um, on one thing. The other thing I was thinking about is we've seen like uh, Vader's lightsaber gives plus three attack, plus one health. We see the experience tokens give plus one attack, plus one health. I'm thinking, okay, uh, something like Krennic, if you if you can hit the board. At two seven, so far we haven't seen much that can deal with seven health. And if he, if yeah. you can just give him experience and lots of upgrades and turn him into this like Voltron unit, where you're just every time you're hitting, you're restoring two. Um, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm I'm wondering if that's a legitimate strategy where you can just keep healing and you're just got this restore thing going on in blue and and you're just unbeatable. Yeah, what's the cool. like bodyguard keyword um, for this version? Sorry, I'm Sentinel. Not Sentinel. Sent- okay, I I feel like this would be a deck that like just is trying to get to the mm-hmm. late game. I almost think the restore two is the more of the spice than the plus one for everything damage. So like I think the Sentinels could like be buffed, keep you going longer. But I think the restore two is actually what's like keeping you in the game long enough to be able to throw out the like giant whatever comes our way later on i'd be yep, interested to see, see like what that would look like yeah because we've seen restore two on yoda who's a two four as a unit yeah in um, hero though so in hero probably, probably won't yeah. play them together right 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 <laughs> yeah unless you, you give know, me the penalty who cares i i feel like you'll you want like a redundancy in a deck like that right you'll you'll want other units to have restore so that you can continue to sort of stabilize yourself until you you can get to that late game point, if that is indeed a thing that you want to do with this, but I, I think it's it's really hard for us to evaluate leaders without like having more cards released and mm-hmm. also without having played the game. So, yep, yep, yep. All right. Uh, oh, next up. Oh, oh, sorry. And should shout out Roland Gaming who uh, revealed Doc- Director Krennic. Oh, that, yeah. I think definitely. did they? That's no, they didn't. I, don't I, don't I thought it was FFG. Did they do this one? No, this is uh this next one is Golden Ice. Did Roland do it? Have they revealed the card yet? Or did... uh probably not. I I believe that they did. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out later. We're in. I'll, like... I'll shout them out anyway because they're fun. They they did do a fun uh like video when that card was revealed and maybe that's what I'm thinking about, but yeah. Nice. Anyway. Okay. So uh, shout out to Jack and the guys over at golden dice. This is uh, their spoiler open fire. Uh, it's red 
uh, which I already forget the name for actual reds. Uh, it's red. Aggr- ag- aggression, uh, probably. I don't know. Cost three. Uh, deal f- open fire. Deal four damage to a unit. And it's a common. Three for four. Seems good. Does the math add up? I don't don't ask me to do the math. Uh, yeah, the math I, don't know. I don't know. I don't think we've seen enough yet. It's one damage better than Smash. So <laughs> shut up. Shut up. It's Get out of here. <laughs> it's thinkable, yeah. 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 Man. Uh, uh, I- I like the artwork. I think it's really cool. Four damage, not much to talk about. When we see more units, we'll know what the breakpoints are. Uh, I like that you can play this in hero and villain and both be. Cool. I'm just looking at all the units we've had, except for Consular Security Force. It does just kill everything. So, Except for this next one, if you're playing Emperor Pal- Palpatine. True. Where's the Palpatine <laughs> you know? Maybe it's a future. Somehow club. he's going to There's no Palpatine yet. <laughs> what a troll. All right, so we've got Epper's Royal Guard. It's a three-cost green uh, command, I think. Uh, unit, ground unit, villain, obviously. Three strength, four health. While you control an official unit, this unit gains Sentinel. So not, uh, not Sentinel, because otherwise it'd be like immediately better than the Cell Block Guard or whatever we did last time. Um, so while you have an official unit, not a leader, unit, uh, while you control Emperor Palpatine as a leader or unit, this unit gets plus zero, plus one. Pretty cool. So, so three five. A three five Sentinel with potentially we have Emperor Palpatine for three. That seems nuts. Seems very strong. That's a lot of stats and a lot of yeah. things that you probably want. Is it still good at three four? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, it's think than, I, I, I think it's better than Cell Block Guard. Like, yeah, you only get the Sentinel sometimes, but I imagine if you're putting this in the deck, you're you're gonna find a way to give it Sentinel. I guess I'm curious. So the way they say, like, while you control Emperor Palpatine, and then it makes the distinction as a leader or unit. To me, that says if it's passive, you control it, and that's just like saying that's the case. I'm curious if that mm-hmm. that'll work for like if Emperor Palpatine is an official. And it's passive. Well, both the, of these just automatically trigger. The, the the top one, while you control an official unit, so it has to be, I think, a unit. Uh, so it's not as a unit as it's like in its as the leader state. side. Yeah, because if if we go back up to okay. Director Krennic, uh, there's a, there's a difference between like the you know leader and leader unit. Also, Director Krennic okay. is an official, so you know Spicy. that could be a thing. There you go. I mean, I think Blue this card even without the the benefits i think it's good i mean we play hercules at three 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 and this is just one more help (laughs) where's the mute where's the mute button on this guy this card this card is also revealed live on the live stream that they did that we'll talk about in a little bit so that that was a fun moment uh all right all right next up we've got a space unit guys we're back into space uh, we've got a yellow uh, four-cost uh, Ozituck Liberator gunship. Uh, it is yellow. It is hero. And it is a 3-4. But it comes in with ambush. And as a reminder, ambush is after you play this unit, it may ready and attack an enemy unit. Would you rather always have ambush or sometimes have sentinel and plus one health? And cost one less. It is space. <laughs> it is space, though. That was a it lot of conditions, Mike. Space is supposed writing? to be, yeah. Space is supposed to be a little bit less efficient, right? That's what they said. So, um, I I, I kind of like this actually. I do too. I think it's good. Am- ambush is sweet. Ambush specifically, yeah. I'm noticing now specifically says it has to attack an enemy unit, so you can't just go face with it. That's probably uh, good. Which is like Rush and Lorcana, right? Um, <laughs> I think this card. I think a card <laughs> like this pairs really nicely with uh with the um director critic because it's got a three four stat line and you just like immediately rush in and then attack something that will keep it alive and now it's a Are you four, paying six for this four four six oh i'm i'm just saying something like this like oh, if there's okay, a see, villain version not literally of this. this i gotcha right. yeah. yeah so the fact I'll, that you can good well i was just gonna throw out like at four health like this coming in with ambush on the space side of of what we've seen so far, there's there's nothing killing it in return. Like the highest it gets 
is three. The Imperial Interceptor does three back, but there's nothing right now on the so space far, side. Yeah. yeah, so far revealed that does it back. So this can come in with ambush, kill something, and maybe if you claim initiative, you can get another three attack off. Uh, you know, next. All time. right. So David said it. The best space unit in the game. <laughs> I do, I do like that. Like the Button three cost that we just saw for <laughs> deal four to a unit. I mean, that's just an action that couldn't have a body attached to it afterwards. The fact that, yeah, it's flipped stats, but could have a spaceship that could then go base and do other stuff, just True. feels better than. I mean, open what fire. I just saw just that action. Yeah. Oh, open fire also kills it. So. True. All right. Well, that'll do it for the spoilers this week. Uh, but we did get a live stream from FFG this past week uh, that dove into casual organized play and some stuff on uniqueness. We saw the spoiler. Um, again, just in th- in general, I'm really excited to see these live streams come back and just get some interaction with the community. And um, it- it's just like, I feel like when I see them talk about the game, I can feel the designers like, Tyler and uh, and everyone. It just seems like they're they themselves are excited about the game, um, mm-hmm. which gives me like just a lot of hope that that passion will get them past all the logistical nightmares that uh, we've seen in the past with FFG and Ravensburger is uh, showcasing for all of us currently. Um, so uh, we're gonna dive into the organized play stuff first that they talked about and there was an article they posted on um starwarsunlimited.com so you can read along if you're listening on audio uh but i'm gonna read this and we can react to it um so they talked about focusing on the left side of the op diagram this side dedicated to casual play um they're all about creating a friendly environment helping new players learn the game most importantly having fun as you can see in the structured diagram the casual play cycle flows between three phases pre-release phase weekly play phase and the store showdown phase. Um, so jumping into the first one. Uh, just as it sounds, the pre-release phase occurs just before the release of a new set for the game. This phase consists of pre-release events, which take place the week before the new set's official release date. Each of these events involves a simple four-round sealed tournament, love that, and allows players to get a hold of cards from the new set early, with booster packs awarded just for participating and even more given out for the winners of each round of the tournament. The pre-release events are a fun, relaxed way to dive into a new set and try out what the new cards have to offer. I'll stop there for reactions. Pre-releases are very fun. Yeah, I like them. I think they're they're a great way to like introduce a new set, and especially with them being a limited format. It's like <clears throat> probably the best time to play lim- a limited format. Yeah, because no one has cards yet. Yeah, it feels fun to get cards like for the first time. It feels fun to play sealed with a bunch of people who are also sort of in the same boat. And it's a tried and true sort of event type. I like I will say nothing here is really like groundbreaking. Like nothing's really all that innovative in this system, which is fine. Like it is for FFG though. It yeah, that is true, but like I'm not comparing this to other FFG games. I'm comparing this to other <laughs> games, right? Yeah. So they're they're with the big dogs now. So it's like yeah, yeah. It makes sense that they're doing it. I'm glad that they're, that they're doing it. Um, but if anybody else, if anybody's played trading card games in the past, all of this stuff is familiar and obvious. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do like that but, they're giving a lot of emphasis on like getting your people together, playing games, mm-hmm. like. They seem to really be rewarding people just for showing up. And I actually think that's a really good model for just mm-hmm. getting new players into the door and like, oh, this is great. I get to show up and get packs and have fun. And uh, yeah, I think it's really yeah. great for like new player experience. Yeah. And supporting the LGS, right? Like I, I had a conversation yeah. with a friend of mine a couple weeks ago and and he's basically only ever played Kitchen Table and Gen Con with, with some friends. And, and he was basically asking me, he's like, you seem to think like the local game store is pretty important and he's like tell me about that like for him it was not like a like a given hmm. and i think for us who have like gone through some of this is like yeah this is really important so getting people in the store ahead of time and all the buzz and the excitement and the text and like oh look what i pulled and like i love yeah. that stuff so yeah tons of fun moments you know, come out of that if the we, wheel ain't I, broke don't fix it okay I, I probably shouldn't get that deep into this because we just started but it's really interesting 
looking at how they're doing pre-release and then how like flesh and blood does it it's the same thing but they're emphasizing a lot on the casual aspect Mm -hmm. of a pre-release and you get packs just for showing up whereas like flesh and blood when you go to a pre-release it's literally just a limited tournament Mm. and top top places get cold foil heroes and mats and all kinds of stuff like that so it's like pre-release really isn't a casual thing for flesh and blood even though it's supposed should probably should be it's definitely still a competitive thing but i mean that's flesh and blood's interesting thing is they are a competitive game Mm -hmm. whereas i think you can't have a casual tournament if there's prizes on the line and i think they're recognizing that by not giving first place second place prizes and just giving you prizes for being there yep yep love that all right next up uh, we've got following the pre-release phase, we have the weekly play phase for newcomers to FFG OP. Weekly play involves simple open-ended weekly events that stores host for the game. We call it a phase. Uh, I'm sorry, I got like Dr. Evil like <laughs> pictures there. Like, uh, anyways, uh, but in reality, weekly play is constant and consistently run from the release of a new set onward. The whole point is for it to be available available every week after all, which Josh Massey on the live stream really doubled down. Like we, they really want the weekly thing. Uh, whether a weekly play event is a short tournament or a simple casual gathering is up to each store. All that matters is that they have a night each week where you and your friends can stop in to play some Star Wars Unlimited. This phase is supported by a special OP kit from which players can earn a unique promo pack each week that they participate in their store's weekly play. I love this. I'm going to go to every weekly play just to get that promo pack. Like, I don't even Same. know what's in it. And I know that like, I, that's gonna be fun. I hope, I hope that there's like stuff to chase in those promo packs. Cause that would, that would be pretty fun. Yeah. I, what I hope they do it well. Right. So like, yeah. if the promo pack is the same three cards in it for every pack, then that's way more lame. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. If, Agreed. How many, then, alt like, why would it be a pack then though? Right. Have? Like, oh i binders full dude yeah (laughs) i I, like i at some point i'm like i have i have you know 47 commons uh in this alt art like why just yeah stop it It, it, like for context the way that it it worked in destiny is for the weekly play whatever uh your store could do whatever they wanted and then they gave out uh prizes but the prizes were i think quarterly so it was awful every quarter it would just be like one or two different promos that you could get and it was just like the same thing over and over again with like uh some tokens mixed in but after like two weeks like you had everything if if you wanted to you know to have everything basically uh and yeah it was just very boring very like it was not very incentivizing i'm really glad that they're going with a version like this but yeah remains to be seen what's in the packs but it has huge potential if there's like some spicy yeah. stuff in those packs, I could see this being like massively successful. Yeah, I mean, like they could easily do like f- at least fifty different alt arts just for yeah. like these packs easily. Like yep. that would be so cool. And That'd some be of them foil, some of them which, not foil. Yeah, it stokes the secondary market, which is always helpful too. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah. Imagine like one of these cards ends up being really rare, worth like two hundred bucks or something like that. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you have a bunch of people who are coming to play and just even participate, right? Like it, they, they talked about this in the, the live event or the live stream that they had. But it's like, even if you're just building decks, like with your friends in the store, like to them, that counts as participating. Yeah. You don't even have to be playing the game. Um, and so like per- rewarding people for doing that, for like just uh, congregating around the game in whatever way they feel like is valuable to them and being rewarded for that just like can create create that like flywheel that just like kind of helps maintain momentum in the sort of community and stuff like that so yeah i really hope that they do this well i I think huge huge potential yeah all right uh finally there's the store showdown phase taking place a couple months after a new set releases store showdowns take the place the form of a tournament and award prizes for both participation and placement this is the most competitive that casual play gets, but the focus is still on having fun learning the game, making this phase the perfect opportunity for someone to dip their toes into the tournament scene. Uh, so store championship-ish. Maybe not. Maybe maybe this isn't. Maybe this isn't store championship level that we're used to in Destiny. Maybe this is a little less than that. But I really like that it's a that they have a tournament 
at every store, every set. That is like this is this set's tournament, and like if you win, you won. You're like the champion of this set or this store or whatever. I think that's kind of cool. Um, instead yep. of having like seasons of like, all right, we're doing store championships and regionals and then worlds and then whatever. It's like for sure every set we're gonna have one of these cool store showdowns going on. Yep. So I I have some mixed feelings about this. I I like that, but I feel like that belongs more on the competitive side of this. Like it's not casual. thing, right? Like how do you? <laughs> I mean. Remains to be seen, right? I don't know how these events are going to be run, but it's hard to say. Like, it, it is a tournament. There will be prizes for placement. Yes, obviously for participation as well, but that's been the case in the past for other tournaments. Um, but the focus is on having fun and learning the game. Like, how, how do you, as a store, or just like as an event runner, like how, how do you actually make that the reality? Because so, the second you, you turn something into a competitive thing, you get the tryhards who are just there to just like steamroll everybody and like, you know, sort of, yeah, they're, I don't know, they're, win the, win the thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you may be right there. Maybe regardless of what you do, the tryhards are going to show up with their solo Sabines and, and wreck face like Mike Rudin. But, um, <laughs> but that's where I think like the weekly fate, the weekly play, uh, needs to not be the same kind of like, Oh, we're doing this tournament. Yeah, or we're like, doing it for do a it, four round tournament every week. Yeah, we're doing an escalation league, or we're doing a, a draft, or we're doing a I don't know sealed thing, or 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 that's where you do the you know yellow only this week, you know kind mm -hmm. of fun things. And then this is like okay, we've all we've all gotten the cards, we've won some things. Now take your take your pet deck. There's nothing really at stake. Well, I guess there's placement prizes, um, but it's like that you take your pet deck. That's where I'm curious if they're going to do like the same like store championship vibe where, you know, there's something where you could actually like uh, in the, on the competitive side, like grind for that versus like a store showdown. It's like, ah, just bring your your whatever, your your pet deck yeah. uh, that you really love. And, so, and I mean, try to win it, realistically, one. it should just be a store showdown since they're doing it every set. It should be like just that set. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fine. Tournament. That'd be fine. I, I, like I like I think the difference in theory is that like a store championship sort of like led into the next event and you won like a buy or something like that and whatever right, the next tier regions, event was yep, or primes. Yep. Um, so that that is a little bit different if if indeed they are not doing it here. Um, so I don't know. May, maybe it doesn't end up being that competitive, but even store championships like no, we're, we're, we're pretty competitive. Like those were like they were they were smaller, but you still got those people who, you know, we're sort of just tryharding and like not really that fun to play against. So I I'm think adamant that as yeah. soon as you put an incentive of placing, it's no longer casual. It's, yeah, yeah, it can't be casual from then on. But the uh, the pre release is the same way, where there's there's uh, yeah more given out to winners of each round of the tournament or whatever. So like you win more stuff, the more you win. Which, but I like it is sealed, so it is a different sort of different vibe. Um, it's harder to sort of like, I don't know, act the same way than if you're bringing the deck that you've been grinding for, you know, three months right. or whatever, four months. Um, I don't know. Remains to be seen, but I have my, my hesitations. Yeah. All right. And, uh, yep. Yeah. I think the last thing for us to talk about related to the live stream that will kind of lead us into our well, two, little... two things. The first oh, thing things. is, Oh that, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you can hit that first thing. <laughs> we, we, we asked somebody at FFG that if they listened to our channel. They had to work two words in to a sentence at one time. And uh, Tyler made it happen. He made it happen. Folks confirmed. They listened to not us, but Sir Christopher, because they said <laughs> you shuffle your galaxy deck. So, uh, yeah, that's a big W in my eyes. Yeah, I'm all in on this game now. <laughs> yeah. No, the second thing they talked about was uh something about uniqueness or something like that. I don't know. Maybe yeah. you guys can go over it. So the uniqueness rule in this game is that you can have two characters with the same title in play at the same time as long as they don't have the same subtitle. So 
imagine a world where there is Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight, and Luke Skywalker, old man, whatever, drinking green milk. Uh, <laughs> green milk. You, you can have both of them in play at the same time because they are both different versions of Luke. And that that's the rule, basically. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. Before you get into how you feel about it, can you break down the explanation as to why they went with this? David can't. I bet, maybe. I, I'm sure you can't do it as eloquently as Tyler did. Certainly not. But, uh, just kind of give us the, a the very TLDR. The yeah, TLDR yeah. seemed to be uh, the game is a card game first, and card games in general don't really like uniqueness rules. So some sacrifices have to be made on the theme side in order for the game to feel good to play. Mm -hmm. And for it to feel good to open booster packs and not sort of be conflicted between which, which version of a character you play in your deck. Um, much more nuanced uh, reasoning was given by Tyler. So I encourage you to go watch that live stream if you are interested. Yep. Um, but yeah, that I think is the quickest answer. Okay, so... Uh... How do you feel about it, Mike? I think it's trash. I'm just kidding. I think it's fine. I like. <laughs> no, 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 no. Be honest. Be I think honest. I, no one from it's not is listening. No, definitely not. So it's, <laughs> I, I definitely I wasn't worried about that. Um, I think I think it obviously has upsides and downsides. They're mm -hmm. skewing heavily, more heavily towards it being something for card gamers than something for Star Wars fans. I think that's probably strategically correct but i think at, at, like as a big star wars fan it feels a little weird like yes you can play characters from completely different eras together with a uniqueness rule that cares about character name and that's it but for some reason it just feels a little bit different than playing literally two of the same characters together at the same time uh at least it does to me so I think I think it is a sacrifice. I think I would prefer a game where, you know, you have Luke and that's it. Like that that's Luke. Luke is on the board. Like the other argument is obviously like, oh, your opponent's also playing Luke. Like, how do you justify that? I don't know. Um, maybe you don't. Maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, I think I think once we all play the game, we're gonna kind of forget about this and just like it, it is gonna be what it is. Nobody's gonna really like pay that much attention. Yeah. But um, I, Listen, I do have a prefer. Yeah, well, I, in general, I prefer my Star Wars game specifically to be a bit more skewed towards like thematic Star Wars stuff. You're a you big can, game you, guy. You can you can go way too far though with like the old Decipher uh, Star Wars game, which a lot of people love, uh, but is very thematic to I think its detriment sometimes. Um, and uh, the Star Wars LCG, which uh, I recently tried to revisit with Jay, and it. I don't think you holds uh, holds up. Yep. <laughs> we tried, uh, when did this happen? We tried we to record a video. <laughs> we, well, we we tried to learn the game so that we could re record a video just to like show like previous Star Wars games. And uh, did either of y'all even play the game? Yeah, yeah, I, I played the he game did. a lot back in the day. Did um, you, Jay? No. Uh, no, I've never touched that. Mike, you should have played with me. Before. Why are you playing with this guy? The rule, well, I I have to learn the rules again, and the rule book is thirty pages long. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Just like, I would have needed a refresher, game. but I played a lot of Star Wars LCG back. There, in the day. There, okay, there are things that I really liked about that game. That's One, what got me back into gaming. Same, same. I would not we, be talked talked here this, today like, without Star Wars LCG. Yeah, we this. talked about this like four yeah. podcasts ago. Yeah. Um, but like, I like that it's like hero versus villain. It's always heroes versus villain. That's like kind of fun. That feels very Star Wars. But this yeah. game was never meant to be like that. So yeah, I, I get it. Like, maybe it's not my favorite thing in the world right now. But I like I'm still gonna play it. I'm still gonna buy a crap load of these cards. So, right. In the at the end of the day, like it's not gonna turn me away. Like it's probably fine. <laughs> I say from yeah. a theme standpoint, is it harder to accept that like there's two Luke Skywalkers that are just maybe different eras, or that you kill Luke Skywalker, 
and then oh, I just have another one of my decks, so I just replay them again real quick. What well, what bothers you? More I can justify that as like you know you you wounded Luke Skywalker and he's sort of going and healing himself, and then you can there you go. He's play in the him back out again tank. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, <laughs> he's in the back. It's the Pokemon tank, exactly. rule. You didn't kill him. You knocked, you knocked him, out. him out. Yeah, yeah, he's back in the Pokeball. <laughs> All right, yeah. Joy you didn't savagely murder him with your Darth Vader. You... <laughs> this would not happen. This in is flesh Sorry. Yeah, it was a mere <laughs> This flesh is not flesh and blood. Yeah, I don't know. Does anybody else have thoughts on this? I hated the uniqueness rule when I first heard it. I got I lit I had that I had that visceral reaction mm-hmm. of well that just doesn't seem right. Like like we've got a Tarkin unit, like I, I'm thinking if we have a Tarkin leader, like I, I that just there's something just weird. And I got over that in a day. And I was like, I don't is it, like was it weird at first, sure, but I'm at this point now where like I've played the gimmicky like theme based Star Wars games that FFG has done and they've been great. But like I want the game to last and if it makes it easier to make a game that lasts and that's what they think and they're doing something different then I'm on board. I like I think I'm like what you said Mike. I think I'll forget about it like a month in. Yeah. I'm struggling to remember how Destiny did it. But did they did they do like character names are unique and you can't have like two Luke's together in that game? I don't know if the point cost like made it so that you could do it at all anyway, but I remember distinctly at one point you there was a character that said you cannot play Darth Vader with Oh, this was that character. Anakin? And it yeah, was Anakin. A, yeah, it was yeah. Anakin. Okay. Yeah. So it probably was like that. Yeah, it, it was yeah, it it, definitely... it's, a, it's a different game though. Yeah. So I, I get it. Right. Yeah. There were no like Luke Skywalker supports coming into play. Sure, like, that right. was just but you could only have like one Millennium Falcon in play. You couldn't play a second Millennium right. Falcon. Oh, uh, true, right. true. But in that in that game, you could discard cards to reroll. So it's like ah, uh, yeah, it's still, still useful. useful. Yeah. Well, on this game, I mean, in this game, yeah, you can resource to put it. in your to resource. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, how come you can excuse uh, the uniqueness role in Lorcana, but not in this? I think because like Lorcana's entire theme is centered around like you summoning these glimmers or whatever. And like, they're not meant to be like the only representation of like that character in like the universe or whatever. Um, it, like it's a it, multiversal game. Yeah. Ba- basically, basically yeah, like they, they, they've justified it within the lore of their game. So okay. yeah, I don't think star Wars unlimited has done that. It's just unlimited. What if, what if the car, what if the game was not Galaxy Shuffle or Star Wars Unlimited? What if they called it just Star Wars Multiverse and just then it would be a lot easier to justify? (laughs) That's a fun one. So you can have Darth Vader square up against Kylo Ren, you know? Yeah, there you go. It feels weird that they make it where you can have different versions of the same character, but then you can't have two of the same character. That's where, Mm -hmm. uh, like, two of the same version. That's where it gets weird to me because. If the it's like argument if, if you're gonna go theme, one yeah, if the direction, why theme, not just like go all in? Why have uniqueness at all, kind of thing? So the right. the argument that, that that Tyler gave was that you can make unique characters a little bit more powerful, and you can give them abilities that uh, have it in mind that you aren't going to be able to have more than one in play at a time. So, okay. yeah. Outside of an all mace Windu deck, who's the first character that you're going to try to have every <laughs> unit be the same one? Jar Jar, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> if I can build an all Jar Jar deck, be a- it's got to be building Akbar. an all Jar Jar deck. Akbar, it's got to be Akbar. I mean, just the, the the you could just annoy your opponent into conceding at that point every time you play an Akbar. Here's a trap. Like I just don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I did not. Sign Jim's up already this. quit the game. It's like singing Lorcana <laughs> songs to Mike when you're playing them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, I don't know, it's it's really weird to me how they, they have it set up. And I'm a, I'm a theme guy probably more than I am a mechanics guy. I don't know, maybe I'm like right in the middle. But uh, I don't know, It's it's it doesn't bother me. Like, I'm totally fine with it. It's just weird. Like, I'm not used to something like this. Where it's like you have two different versions of uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, is, is that how it works in Magic, or or Magic has, just has no uniqueness rule at all anymore? Uh, and a legendary creature, you can't have more than one of that type of, of legendary creature on the board. 
But is is it like the same name though? So like if you had like the two planeswalkers and they were both Jace, but they were different versions of Jace, so you can have both of them, I think, at the same time, right? I think so. Okay, so it, maybe it's just basically pulling from that system. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Do we want to get a little bit deeper, just in general, on like games that we like for the theme versus for the mechanics and like what i don't know there, there's some some sweet spot right like what what is that it's a good question because i'm not a fan of chess oh I which chess. is like just <laughs> just pure just pure mechanics right like there's no theme on it but then there's a lot of games that have a theme like slapped onto it but you can change it to anything i think a lot of game i i, I think inherently board and card games are themeless like you can do as much as you want, but they're not really a simulation of of what it's trying to represent. Like, yeah, you you can you can be like Warhammer is kind of a simulator, but at the same time, it's not. I don't know. It's really weird hmm. to me. I think I think card games, especially, are are not inherently like simulations. What like we're. <laughs> How do you determine that? I guess like where, where is that line? Like, if I'm playing Magic, it, like I've no, I've never done this, but I can imagine that somebody can imagine themselves as like you know a powerful planeswalker or whatever, casting these spells and you know doing all this stuff, and the theme of the game that surrounds the cards that they're playing sort of helps them like role play as whatever it is 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 that what it is really is like like if a game sort of gives you that experience of like role playing as the thing that that like that is the essence of a thematic game almost like i think so or that's part of it right maybe i don't know and i don't think anyone plays magic or lorcana and feels like they are that doing that Whereas like Arkham Horror, I can see a lot more of mm. like actual role playing. Yeah. Well, the game is set up in a way where it's like very role playing game esque. Like you're playing through a campaign scenario like narrative as the character that you're sort of, you know, bringing to the table. Um, but even that game has a lot of abstraction where oh yeah, like you can have, you know, three guns equipped at a time and like uh you can have a dog that can kill this, you know, giant, uh, unseeable, you know, <laughs> monster or whatever, um, mm-hmm. at the end. So I like, yeah, like you, you can be in the narrative in the middle of like stuff going down and then a professor pops up and draws you three cards. Like there, there's definitely some elements of, of abstraction and, and even that, um, but it still feels thematic for some reason i think in comparison right like like is it just the art on the cards though like well no like occam horror has a story well they they, they, yeah sure they have story and narrative obviously um but you have objectives in that game that are like go get this go do that and all kinds of stuff that like regular card games don't have so what what about marvel champions because that that's another similar ish Mm sort of like card game like do you feel like a superhero like do you feel like it's a a simulation of being a superhero basically more so Mm. than a 1v1 card game yeah i think because it's the player versus environment like setup i think it naturally just makes me be more engaged on that Mm -hmm. level um because it's not just i want to beat my friend it's i want to defeat this villain um, and that game in particular set up really well with just the design of each of the heroes and then even the design of the villains and the way that they function feels just very uniquely different. Um, and so I think that's what like kept me coming back to that game of like, okay, even though I'm typically a, I want to play competitively against people, that one's like, that one's just so rich that like it felt fun uh, just to learn like, okay, who does, like how does Spider-Man want to try to conquer this? Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to like Iron Man going full Voltron mode, um, it was unique enough 
that I was invested, but I never felt like I was that hero. Yeah. Hmm. And I think some, some card games actually might be more thematic, like uh, the Star Wars LCG. I could see feeling a little more thematic or uh, the, the Cypher uh, card game being more thematic because at least the LCG because it has like objectives and stuff that you're doing and it's trying to bring that theme through. But yeah, I think I agree. So I, just speaking as like probably the only guy on the cast that plays miniature games, <laughs> like X-Wing <clears throat> and Shatterpoint, even Imperial Assault, like made me feel like I, I literally was in Star Wars. I think that's what drew me cool. in. Like X-Wing, it's like I could play, because of the list restrictions, I could play three X-Wings where my opponent could play eight TIE Fighters. And the X-Wings were more powerful. The TIE Fighters were more agile and faster. Um, and they just swarmed you. And it just felt like, oh, this is exactly what they're doing. In the you're avoiding asteroids and you're trying to turn you're out thinking and it just screamed um like like uh, I don't know, space battle to me. Um and same with Shatterpoint. It's like every the way they design these cards, instead of like adding a deck it's like they've designed a whole character for you so when you um you know so when you have dooku like dooku's doing force things and he's he's pushing you and you're physically moving the pieces away like he lit you feel like he's like using the force to push this guy off a thing and then he's mm -hmm. turning around and he's slicing a guy like that's the stuff where like if they nail that stuff like i'm just I, like if it has a star wars skin on it i'm probably buying it but then they do the Star Wars game, and it feels like that. It takes it to the next level for me. Yeah, so maybe just card games inherently are are more abstract because you don't have that physical representation of a thing that's happening in space mm. um, sure. to to sort of reference. So I, yeah. I like those examples a lot. Yeah, until you get a card like uh, the uh, in Unlimited, the what's it called, the I am your father card, where it's <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> deal seven to an enemy unit unless this controller says no. <laughs> like yeah. then it's like okay like that's... i, I th we, we could go on for a long time about whether or not that card is actually thematic or not but maybe we'll <laughs> yeah. save it for another day <laughs> sure sure man if luke had the option to draw cards in the fifth episode, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> imagine what he would have done <laughs> all right, all right. Got two hands <laughs> uh thanks for listening guys uh make sure you hop in our discord community uh, you can get like instant reactions to all the spoilers in Star Wars Unlimited and uh, in uh, Lorcana. And uh, we got lots of just conversations going, lots of games, all of our favorite games. So make sure you hop in there. Be sure to follow Unplayable on Twitter so intern Tom can get a paycheck this week. Because if you don't follow, huh. then we're not paying him. So that's right. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts? Nope. Nope. Let's let you guys get nope. to sleep. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next time. Bye, guys.